Welcome to the July 1st, 2021 episode of Blood Podcast, your source for innovative ideas and cutting-edge information. Our topics are based on articles published in Blood, a journal of the American Society of Hematology. Today's podcast is a special edition that focuses exclusively on Vexus syndrome, a newly identified adult-onset inflammatory syndrome with associated hematologic manifestations. Vexus syndrome is a poor prognosis disease caused by somatic mutations in the X-linked gene UBA1. It was first reported by Beck and colleagues in the New England Journal of Medicine in December 2020. Now, several new reports published in Blood extend our understanding of Vexus syndrome. These articles provide detail on newly identified genetic variants, observations on disease pathology, and the experience with treatments that have been used in these patients. To better understand these new reports on Vexa syndrome in blood, some background on this disease would be helpful. Using a genotype-driven approach, Beck and co-investigators were able to identify this disorder that links seemingly unrelated adult-onset inflammatory syndromes with hematologic abnormalities. The UBA1 gene encodes ubiquitin-activating enzyme 1, which is the major enzyme initiating ubiquitylation. Ubiquitylation is a type of post-translational modification which can affect intracellular signaling and protein degradation via the proteasome or autophagy lysosome system. In their initial NEJM report, Beck and colleagues identified a total of 25 men with somatic mutations that affected methionine-41 and UBA1. The UBA1 methionine-41 mutation results in the reduction of cytoplasmic UBA1 function by favoring production of a catalytically impaired isoform of the enzyme. It is interesting that UBA1 variants were found predominantly in myeloid cells, but were absent from mature lymphocytes. However, early marrow progenitor cells showed mosaicism, with both myeloid and lymphoid progenitor cells expressing the mutation. These findings suggest that compared to myeloid cells, mutant lymphocytes cannot survive the effects of the cellular stress imparted by the mutation. The investigators found that knockout of the cytoplasmic UBA1 isoform homolog in zebrafish caused systemic inflammation. Using gene expression profiling of monocytes and neutrophils isolated from patients with the mutation, Beck and colleagues identified an inflammatory signature involving tumor necrosis factor, interleukin-6, and interferon gamma pathways, consistent with cell intrinsic myeloid inflammation. Histopathologically, the syndrome is characterized by the presence of vacuoles in myeloid and erythroid precursor cells. These vacuoles were found to consist of lipid droplets and disordered cellular organelles, such as degenerating mitochondria. But further research is needed to further clarify the contents of these vacuoles. Most of the 25 men in the New England Journal of Medicine report met clinical criteria for an inflammatory syndrome, a hematologic condition, or both. In these individuals, Onset of disease was in the fifth decade of life or later. Clinical manifestations included fevers, pulmonary involvement, such as alveolitis, dermatologic manifestations, such as neutrophilic dermatoses and cutaneous vasculitis, ear and nose chondritis, and hematologic abnormalities, such as macrocytic anemia, thrombocytopenia, and bone marrow dysplasia. Autoinflammatory syndromes included polychondritis, sweet syndrome, polyarteritis nodosa, and giant cell arteritis. 
The hematologic conditions identified were myelodysplastic syndrome and multiple myeloma. Based on its key features, this syndrome was named Vexus. That's V for the vacuoles, E for ubiquitin-activating enzyme, X for the X-linked gene, A for autoinflammatory disease, and S for the somatic mutations. The condition is often fatal. In this cohort of 25 men, 40% died of disease-related causes or complications of treatment. Vexus syndrome is an X-linked disease and has been identified only in men to date. It is likely that the extra UBA1 unmutated allele in women is protective. Alternately, it could be that the disease is milder in women due to skewed X inactivation. Now, less than a year later after the New England Journal of Medicine report, a series of articles in blood adds another 24 cases of Vexus to the medical literature. The identification of so many additional patients so rapidly suggests an underappreciated prevalence of this disease, according to investigator Peter Grayson of the National Institutes of Health. Grayson, the senior author of the initial report, has contributed a spotlight article entitled Vexus Syndrome, which is now published in Blood. Since the identification of Vexus Syndrome, this diagnosis now needs to be considered in patients with an inflammatory disease that is refractory to treatment and associated with progressive hematologic abnormalities, Grayson said in his blood article. In the original report on Vexa syndrome, all patients had missense mutations in CODIN-41 of UBA1. However, in new reports that appear in blood, investigators identified a few other relevant UBA1 mutations that involve other CODINs. One of these reports is entitled Novel Somatic Mutations in UBA1 as a Cause of Vexus Syndrome. The first author is James Poulter of the University of Leeds in the United Kingdom. Poulter and colleagues investigated a cohort of 18 male patients, over 40 years of age, who had a severe systemic inflammatory disorder, cytopenias, and bone marrow dysplasia. Sequencing results identified pathogenic or likely pathogenic variants in 10 of the 18 patients. Eight had mutations that, as expected based on the initial report, involved somatic mutations that affected methionine-41 in UBA1. All patients presented with fevers, a high degree of skin involvement, and chondritis. However, in one patient, investigators identified a novel variant in the splice motif at the junction of intron-2 and exon-3, resulting in a UBA1 protein that is likely also catalytically inactive. Analysis of patient-derived RNA revealed a reduction in properly spliced transcripts and the creation of multiple incorrectly spliced products. They uncovered another novel variant, a serine to phenylalanine substitution at CODIN-56, that like the methionine-41 CODIN mutation, is primarily restricted to the myeloid lineage. However, unlike the originally described mutation, this variant does not lead to a cytoplasmic isoform swap but instead leads to a temperature-dependent impairment of the catalytic activity of the resulting isoform. While the patient with the CODIN-56 mutation exhibited increased bone marrow cellularity, like the other patients, in contrast to the other Vexus cases, increased marrow erythropoiesis and reduced granulopoiesis was observed. The identification of these novel mutations suggests that a phenotypic spectrum of Vexus syndrome exists, according to Poulter and colleagues. Genotype-phenotype associations may relate to the type of underlying mutation, the pathobiologic consequences of the UBA1 alteration, 
and the type and proportion of mutation-containing cells. The second report published in Blood is entitled Therapeutic Options in Vexa Syndrome, Insights from a Retrospective Series, and the first author is Estelle Bourbon with Hospice Civil de Lyon in Lyon, France. As the title suggests, Bourbon and co-authors went on to describe results of treatment in the patients with autoinflammatory diseases and myeloid dysplasia, who were subsequently identified as having Vexa syndrome. Despite the limitations of a retrospective study, information about Vexa's treatment is important. To date, there are no published data on the efficacy of various therapeutic options, and accordingly, no evidence-based recommendations to guide management. In this study, Investigators identified 19 male patients with autoinflammatory diseases and myeloid dysplasia. The median age of the 11 patients with Vexus syndrome was 66 years. Six had a diagnosis of myelodysplastic syndrome, with a median follow-up of 25.1 months. The overall survival at five years was 63%. Sequencing results revealed that 11 of the 19 patients, or 58%, had Vexus syndrome. However, of those 11 patients, Nine had the originally described mutation, leading to substitution of the methionine-41 of UBA1, while the other two had the newly described mutations of the splice motif at the junction of intron-2 and exon-3. The authors used time-to-next treatment as a measure of treatment effectiveness. Unfortunately, most of the treatments they reported were only transiently effective. Median time-to-next treatment was less than four months for corticosteroids, and the anti-tumor necrosis factor alpha inhibitor adalidumab. Median time to next treatment was 7.4 months for methotrexate and 8 months for the anti-interleukin-6 receptor antibody tocilizumab. By contrast, interesting results were seen for treatment with cyclosporin, azacitidine, and JAK inhibitors, according to investigators. For example, the median time to next treatment was 12.7 months for cyclosporin and 21.9 months for azacitidine. And although follow-up duration was short, median time-to-next treatment was not reached for JAK inhibitors. In one patient, treatment with the JAK inhibitor ruxolitinib resulted in dramatic regression of cutaneous lesions. The authors point out that cytopenias, especially the common finding of anemia, was not improved in any of the patients, and in seven patients in whom the bone marrow was examined, no improvement in MDS-related features was observed. Based on this preliminary snapshot of a variety of therapeutic approaches, it is clear that randomized clinical trials are needed to formally evaluate new strategies for improving outcomes in patients with Vexus syndrome. However, MDS-directed therapy and anti-inflammatory approaches make sense as possible foundational treatment strategies. Also, the role of allogeneic hematopoietic stem cell transplantation requires study. Finally, we will highlight another recent report in blood, which intersects with Vexa syndrome, entitled Vacualization of Hematopoietic Precursors, an Enigma with Multiple Etiologies. The first author is Carmelo Gernari, who is affiliated with the Cleveland Clinic and the University of Rome. As previously noted, vacuoles are a characteristic feature of Vexa syndrome. Vacuoles are normal in plants, fungi, and bacteria. In mammalian cells, they may point to pathology. In the context of hematologic neoplasms, vacuoles are a well-established morphologic finding in lymphoid malignancies, such as Burkitt lymphoma leukemia, 
but are relatively uncommon in myeloid disease. In their study, Gernari and colleagues performed a chart review of patients enrolled at the Cleveland Clinic Foundation between 2005 and 2020. Among almost 12,000 bone marrow samples, they could identify 24 cases with cytoplasmic vacuoles. Although typical to Vexus syndrome, the differential diagnosis for cytoplasmic vacuoles in hematopoietic precursors also includes copper deficiency or zinc toxicity, alcohol abuse, antibiotic treatment, and protein-losing enteropathies. Of the 24 patients in this study's cohort, 70% were male and the median age was 65 years. 14 patients showed vacuoles in erythroid or myeloid precursors or both, while 10 patients had vacuolization restricted to myeloid blasts. Vacuoles appeared in the course of myelodysplastic syndromes, or AML, rather than at initial specimen evaluation in 15 patients, of which 9 showed a blast-only pattern. Of note, these 15 myeloid neoplasms were characterized by higher-risk features including at least one cytogenetic abnormality, a previous history of cancer treatment, or an antecedent diagnosis of a myeloproliferative neoplasm. None of these cases carried a UBA1 mutation. Regardless of whether mutated UBA1 was present, the frequency of vacuoles in bone marrow smears was low at a median of 3.1% over 500 nucleated cells. UBA1 mutational screening was performed in six of nine patients who presented with vacuolization of myeloid and erythroid precursors at disease onset, and who were considered eligible for screening based on what is known about Vexus syndrome demographics and disease manifestations. Two patients tested positive for the characteristic somatic UBA1 mutation affecting methionine 41. Both patients also met criteria for sweet syndrome and had no alterations in levels of copper or zinc. Both these patients had lower risk MDS with normal cytogenetics, and one of the patients also carried the most common DNMT3A mutation, R882H. The remaining seven patients exhibited signs of an immune rheumatologic disorder including rheumatoid arthritis or ulcerative colitis, in some cases with active treatment, such as methotrexate, suggesting that the presence of such coexisting conditions or the treatment itself may contribute to dysplastic features. Three patients did not fulfill the diagnostic criteria for a myeloid neoplasm, suggesting other reasons explaining vacuolization of hematopoietic precursors. Indeed, one patient was a 73-year-old female with a history of alcohol abuse with secondary liver dysfunction and copper deficiency. The second patient was an HIV-positive 42-year-old man with celiac disease and secondary copper deficiency. The third patient was a 9-year-old boy with a complex congenital syndrome, including neurological, immunological, and gastrointestinal disorders, without evidence of copper and or zinc abnormalities. In this study, the finding of only two patients with Vexus syndrome suggests that vacuolization of hematopoietic precursors is not pathognomonic for this or any other diagnosis. However, the presence of vacuolization should prompt consideration of testing for UBA1 gene mutations, provided other potential causes are excluded. As Grayson points out in the Spotlight article, taken together, these studies of Vexus syndrome highlight a spectrum of phenotypes linked to mutation of UBA1 which at least partly explains the historical association between hematologic neoplasms, such as MDS, and systemic inflammatory disorders. Grayson also raises several important questions. For example, it is unknown whether mutation of UBA1 represents a new driver clone for myeloid neoplasms, 
or whether the occurrence of MDS in Vexus is driven by other clones selected in a chronic inflammatory microenvironment. The genetic landscape of Vexus is not typical of classical MDS, where several myeloid gene mutations are commonly found, often with a high variant allele frequency. In addition to learning about clinical features that may increase diagnostic ascertainment, much needs to be learned about the pathobiology of UBA1 mutations and how they lead to these hematoinflammatory syndromes. Lastly, since mutated UBA1 has not been detected in a proportion of patients with myeloid dysplasia and autoinflammation, further genomic studies are needed to identify whether mutations are present in other genes that subserve ubiquitylation or cellular stress pathways, and whether such molecular alterations may explain phenotypes not only in men, but in women as well. You have been listening to The Blood Podcast. For a list of additional authors, as well as more detailed articles and commentaries on which this podcast is based, please go to www.bloodjournal.org. Be sure to join us next week for another episode of Blood Podcast. Thank you for listening.